Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the BWI Live Monday show back by popular demand. We heard people didn't want the show to end, so we're going to be doing it all off-season long. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Nate Bauer is at the doctor's office. That's why you don't have kids, Dave Eckert. He and I are starting the show off while Dave, uh, while uh, while Nate gets back from the doctor's office. And we're going to discuss Penn State football, their off-season uh, Dwight Galt retired this weekend. We're going to be talking about that. What's up next for Penn State football in general as 2022 spring semester starts today on Monday. A great time to turn the calendar and look ahead at this spring football season. And one of those things, Dave, by the way, Dave Eckert with us. He's our reporter here for Blue White Illustrated. Dave, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing great, T. Frank. I was I was scared that you weren't going to ask. You know, <laughs> my heart was palpitating. I was like, oh, no. I might not to give my lame uh, my lame description of what's going on in my life. Feel a little but, put out, like I don't care about you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really it's really disappointing. But I'm glad you made up for it. Well, I I always want to make sure that everyone feels welcomed and appreciated on the show, including our loyal listeners who are showing up here for the daily uh, live show on Monday. So appreciate everyone coming back. As always. We'll be getting to your questions, and if you have any topics you want us to discuss, you can always feel free to put it in the chat. We'll be answering your questions, especially now that we don't have a game to talk about this offseason. If you have any interesting thoughts or topics you want to discuss, you know, just drop it in the chat. And if you want to support the channel throughout the offseason, you can always give us a Super Chat donation, and we'll absolutely answer your question or take your comment at that point. And if you're here and you're having a good time and you like Dave's lame introduction of how he's doing today... <laughs> give a like, give a thumbs up to the video that lets everyone else know that we're doing a good job here on the BWI live show. Okay, so Dave, all that out of the way, we're talking about Penn State football and their early enrollees. They have, I believe at this point, nine players that started their collegiate career today. They're in class, probably right now. Uh, I have not seen any of the tweets of them sitting at the front of the class yet. Are I you a little know. surprised by on? that? What is What is that? What? It's, These are supposed to be the a, superstar leaders, right? These are supposed to be the guys. Yeah. Ten minutes early, front row. What yep. are we doing here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Here's uh, Night Raven. Here's He's with us as always. I believe that that is... Uh, I don't know what time it is in England. I'm assuming he's in England because I think he gave us pounds at one point uh, as a donation to the channel. Uh, so I don't know what time it is. Over, it's five hours ahead, right, Dave? Yeah, my uh, soccer watching clock tells me that it's five hours ahead. So, Oh, perfect. All right, so that means, oh, it's perfect. It's 5 o'clock. He's hanging out right before dinner, depending on if he's old and uh, eats like me at 5 o'clock. And joining the show right now is our intrepid Nate Bauer, who is back from the doctor's office. Or are you at, or are you at the doctor's I'm office? I, I'm gonna need to go to the doctor. I, I, if I, if I just fall asleep in the middle of a sentence, um, it's for good reason. I promise. Okay, so we do have to have now that you're you're joining in this fashion. I need the play-by-play of what your last twenty minutes have been like. <sighs> so I'm, I mean, I'm sitting on the floor of my bedroom because my two kids are downstairs in the normal. <laughs> Right, the shiplap wall, yep. the one that we we're all familiar with. Uh, they're they're there eating bre- uh, lunch with Grammy. So listen, can, can I just take like two minutes here to explain real, sure. real quick? I promise. There's an infection in one of the daycare rooms. Okay, the policy. Once I'm going to cut through all of this, oh, the policy. Once there's an infection, right, is to shut down the room, which sends home the child in that room. We got two kids, yeah. right? 
So the older one's room shut down. You have to get them a test for them to be able to go back. All good. We got her a test. But my other kid, the younger, is actually sick. (laughs) And was just diagnosed with a double ear infection. But also, because of the double ear infection, got a COVID test. And so now, even though the older one will have gotten the COVID test and probably will be cleared to go back to school, because the younger one got tested... That means that she will also not be able to go back to school until he <laughs> is clear of COVID. This could just keep happening for infinity. Like you just get one test after the other. Yeah, I'm. Never I am in test. hell. This is hell. This is what it, I can only imagine. I mean, it can't get worse, right? <laughs> Oh, so here uh, we are. <laughs> well, we're glad that you made it on time, and I'm going to count a minute and a half late as on time to a show where you were coming back from all of that stuff. So thank you. I, I mean, how how's this for dedication? I couldn't, I couldn't possibly not be with you guys. I I, I needed to be here. Uh, one quick thing for Night Raven. I apparently he is not in England. Um, and he wants to know if there's any Penn State commit performance in the All-America Bowl. I will be doing that as a part of the BWI Daily Edition coming up today. That will be later today because I haven't started on it yet prepping for this show. So that will be coming up tonight, and uh, you can check that out here on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. What we're talking about today, early enrollees, off-season attrition, all kinds of stuff that we've heard from Penn State football over the last couple of weeks, including Dwight Galt, who has moved on from uh, football altogether and has retired from Penn State football. So on top of a new defensive coordinator and a new special teams coordinator, Penn State is now going to have to replace their strength and conditioning coach. Uh, We were talking about early enrollees, so let's start there, guys. couple of guys that are on campus, some of the most highly anticipated young men to come to Penn State in a long time. You see the list here. As of today, this was the early enrollee list. Both quarterbacks, Bo Perula, Drew Aller, Katron Allen, and Nick Singleton in the backfield. Lots of offense here, as you can see. And, of course, the one lone defender, Zane Durant. Which one of these players are you most intrigued by uh, as far as what you want to know more about or a guy that you think is going to be important to this story uh, coming uh, into 2022 spring? Uh, Dave, Nate, I'm going to give you a chance to collect your wits. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Which one of these guys are you interested in or that piques your curiosity the most? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the answer to the question is is Drew Alar, right? I mean, it, yeah. it, it's tough to go in a different direction. Um, I think Nate is is going to go with Nick Singleton if I can put my if I can put my <laughs> ball on. But, Nailed it. Um, <laughs> I just think you know it, it's I, it, he's probably the best quarterback prospect maybe ever that Penn State has ever landed. Um, he's certainly the best they've landed under James Franklin. He's getting glowing reviews everywhere that he goes, including the All American game this weekend. I mean, it's hard not to be intrigued by that. So. He's, he's the guy that I'll go with. Uh, Nate, what about you? Who Who's intriguing you the most out of that group? So so some breaking news here, just to pass along. I told Dave, <laughs> and I'm mostly kidding, but I actually did see Nick Singleton this morning. And so he's on campus. That counts, yeah. right? Uh, but also, dude, he is, he is big. Like, he's just a... He's a dude. Like you see him, and he fits the passes the eye test, like a hundred percent. So, in terms of players who I anticipate could make an immediate, and when I say immediate, I mean August September impact. Yeah, I think Singleton is my pick for sure, uh, and in the spring, honestly, like he's just. Given the situation that Penn State has on the offensive line, right? Let, let's call a spade a spade. Not good. Not a good year. No, no signs of, you know, a huge improvement either, right? Not to say that it can't happen, but I, I don't think you're going to see a meteoric rise for that group, which to me means 
hey, you better have somebody, right, among those running backs. I don't know who it is, but if I am looking and conceiving of players in that list that you just showed, those nine, yeah, Nick Singleton's in there for sure. Uh, and Nate, you have some donations, I think, personally from Stephen Light here from uh, from our chat. And he wants to make sure you're okay with your your uh, your pediatric bill. He's donating the channel. And Night Raven wants you to know I, we that we have you're... health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Either way, it's nice of them. Uh, but you do have a uh, you do have a, a, a Night Raven thinks that your child is a superstar and an overperformer for two ear infections. Which one of these guys do you think can benefit the most? from being on campus and I want to start from the physical aspect of it of winter conditioning which uh, gets started here in the spring semester goes through uh, February before Penn State starts their spring practices and this is I think outside of the mental aspect of just getting on campus and adjusting to life so you're not doing it all at once the single biggest advantage of coming into camp uh, coming onto a campus early is you get one full go round in a professional weightlifting uh, setting. Which one of these guys, and I'll put it up again, do you think is going to benefit the most from being on campus early from that perspective, Dave? Yeah. So obviously, if we were going to include the mental aspect, you'd go right to the quarterbacks. Right. right? Uh, Which but, is but sus- if- exactly why I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if, if, we're, if we're not, then... Uh, I think Omari Evans is a guy who who, who will benefit from that. Um, he played a lot of positions in high school, you know, uh, certainly getting him up to speed on wide receiver and what's expected physically from Penn State's wide receivers is, is something that's important. Um, JB Nelson, again, you know, physically, I think you tend to look toward the linemen, right? Um, so, so JB Nelson, although he's a little bit older, I think for a junior college guy like him coming in and having this winner is going to be big. And you could say the same uh, for Zane Durant, you know, his, his, before his freshman season, he's going to come in and he's going to get um, adjusted physically. Um, so I think those would be the three guys that I would kind of circle. Nate, um, who, who on this list do you think from a physical standpoint uh, stands to benefit the most from being on campus? I, I mean, I, again, I think if you're looking at potential to, make an impact early and so therefore it becomes uh, imperative to 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 benefit immediately i think it's jb nelson right i mean because that's that's kind of always the storyline and i'm generalizing here and honestly i don't know that much uh, specifically about jb nelson but with offensive linemen you're constantly hearing the conversation about you might weigh the same but it's not the same weight Right. Mm. Like when you, but when you come to Penn state or you go from Juco, whatever it is, high school, you, you might weigh three Oh five, three ten, whatever it is. But by the end of a winter workout, by the end of a spring conditioning, uh, by the end of the summer, that weight will be dramatically different for an offensive lineman or for, or for a defensive tackle. I mean, Durant would probably fit the same bill, but those guys tend to, have the most dramatic shift in terms of body composition uh, when they get into a program, uh, you, you know, at the college level. The guy, I and it's interesting, I agree almost 100% with that as far as those uh, guys along the defensive line and offensive line and how they can uh, produce once they get that level of fitness to the right spot. But the guy that I'm interested in is Caden Saunders, and here's why. At yeah. 170 pounds, the only thing standing between him and contributing early is how much weight and strength he can put on his body as far as, you know, just general fitness before the football season. So getting in early, you might have a contributor there up front as far as his game that translates right away. The other guy, I think, pretty clear, would be uh, Nick Singleton because... You know, as you said, he's big, he fits the bill, he's the real deal. And those two guys, Penn State is going to need to have some contribution from one or either of them. And I think that they have the most realistic shot as far as their game translating to college football um, of that whole group. That's, I guess, my what I think is those guys could get on the football field as long as their level of strength and conditioning is at, at the right spot. Uh it's not great that neither of them are offensive linemen, though. 
and that's that's kind of the problem. <laughs> a lot of defenders not on this list as well. Both uh, Cam Miller and there was another player recently that was going to enroll early but now can't. What is this? Is that a problem that you guys see? Do you, Nate, do you think that that's a problem that these guys aren't able to get on campus, or is that just a position where it's okay? They've got guys to contribute next year. Yeah, it's always individual, I think, in terms of, you know, how they respond, how it impacts them, what what matters, right, in terms of depth, as you just mentioned. Um, You know, I I don't think I would get overly excited about a a true freshman cornerback not being able to, to get to Penn State in January when he can arrive in, you know, what, May, June? Um, just given that position and given some of the strengths that they have there, obviously you're not going to be uh, three caster fields won't be part of the equation next season. Um, you know, but there's still plenty and plenty and plenty of talent within that position group moving forward. So maybe, it, maybe it takes away a little bit of the opportunity to, to come in and make a splash, uh, you know, the way that maybe a, a, a Kalen King made obviously this past spring, but, I'm not too worked up. T. Frank, we talked about it earlier. It's January. It's hard to get worked up over just about <laughs> anything at this point. Steve, Steven, by the way, is coming back and wants you to know he's paying for your copay today. Appreciates your uh, dedication to the show and uh, you know, wants, you, <laughs> wants you to know that you're a good dad and a good husband. So good job to you I, today. I appreciate that. I, I I don't typically handle the the doctor visits. I just left. And I'm not like I think that maybe I did owe something, but I, I, but I don't know how that works. Everything's so <laughs> weird right now. I just <laughs> I, I felt like I was leaving a restaurant without paying the tab. Like I was just like, well, I have my human here, and I I guess we're gonna go. I guess we're gonna leave. That's awesome. Oh yeah, my gosh, that's awesome. Way to my door. Uh, what about? Not early enrollees. I know we just talked about those guys from a good uh, good little bit there about the young guys that can stand to benefit from this offseason. Who's somebody that you think really needs this particular offseason to contribute next year? Where they need to not get injured, they need to make those strides, they need to put on the good weight before spring ball uh, in April. Who's on your mind when I say that, Dave? Yeah, it's interesting because... There's a couple of places where Penn State really needs development. Obviously, the offensive line, you can you can list any of the talented young offensive linemen that they have as the answer to this question. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, you look at linebacker, uh, I think is another spot. Uh, similarly, you know, um, your Kobe Kings, your Jamari Buttons. Um, you know, we think that this is a position where Penn State would like to add someone in the transfer portal. Um but we know that that doesn't always work out that way. So those are two guys that I think this is a big, a big winter for. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I guess, you know, it, it depends on where Penn state ends up with needs. Um, and, and it's weird. It's very weird college because in college football, we don't know where that is yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we always have previously, but, yeah. Yeah, those are kind of the two spots, and you, you just pick any of those guys out of the hat. You need you need development there. Uh, that actually brings up a good question. I want to detour quickly before I get to Nate, who you think needs a big off season. Uh, M Shive two, who donated the channel. Um, I don't know. Is this going to work? Let's find out if this works. Okay, no, that was just that was terrible. Uh, he threw a sticker into the chat, so I didn't know if that was going to work here on Ecam. But uh, he wants to know who is coming back on the offensive line as of now. Is so from left to right, Rasheed Walker has opted for the NFL draft. Um, Eric Wilson has run out of eligibility, I believe. Mike Miranda was carried off after his final practice during the Outback Bowl, so it seems he's leaving. That means Juice Scruggs and Caden Wallace would be the two starters, at the very least, that are coming back, with Bryce Effner also having extra eligibility. Did I get all of that correct, Nate? Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at a scholarship roster right now. Okay. Uh, and so that that sounds right to me. Uh, you know, if you're waiting for an official statement, Miranda would fit that bill, right? I don't think we've actually seen 
an official statement from him. Anthony uh, Wigan is would have a sixth year if he sought it. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem likely to me right. that that would be an option. Um, yeah, you know, in terms of in terms of guys who really saw some action this year among those older classes, those are the questions that remain. And then you covered the guys who who really have played. And then obviously, you know, obviously Fashanu and, and Tengwall are yep. kind of the two coming up. So. so back to my other question, are there any of those guys along the offensive line, maybe somebody else that you think needs to have a big winter to get themselves poised for contributing or being a better player in 2022? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll curveball for you guys. I'll hot take it. Ooh. Sean Clifford? All of the tight ends. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sean Clifford? That would be the ultimate curveball. He's like him. 30 at this no. point. <laughs> no, well, you know, maybe, I don't know. Certainly Sean needs to be healthy. I don't think that yeah. there's any question about that. So if he needs to spend the next eight months in a hyperbaric chamber, that could be beneficial. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. No, but I... I Genuinely, I think that Penn State's tight ends need to be much better than they were this season, and I think that their their athleticism has something to do with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that there are improvements that can be made in terms of the toughness and and um, I mean, goodness, catching catching the ball, right? I, I just if I'm looking back at this season and am figuring out what fits and what doesn't fit in terms of consistencies from when they were successful versus when they weren't as an offense, the tight ends had a huge part of that. Yeah. When they were involved, they tended to do pretty well as an offense. When they weren't involved, they didn't. So, yeah. I'm going to go with Keziah Izzard uh, because I think that that's a, a situation where Penn State kind of got Izzard and Ellis both inserted into the rotation. They became the starters in, in the bowl game, and it was kind of something everyone took for granted as far as those guys are now on the field. It is what it is. But Izzard was a redshirt freshman playing, and he was physically thrown into the fire where he is a, a former defensive end and has the frame to be a great football player. He is the he he can be a great three-track technique defensive tackle. But the problem was he's 295 and didn't have the requisite strength at that size to really hold up on the interior. So this offseason, getting up to a legitimate 300, 305, somewhere in there if he can get there, to me, that's really important, and, and really for Ellie's and, and both of those guys, and then figuring out which one of them can be, if, if, if they don't get a transfer, to kind of solidify this, which one of them is the three technique, which one of them is the nose tackle. I mean, the way it looks to me is that Ellie's is the squattier, stronger nose tackle body. He needs to get stronger as well, but... It, to me, Izzard was a real problem, especially on double teams and things like that last season where he's going to be a contributor this upcoming season. There's no way around that being a fact. So he needs to be able to put on the strength and weight in order to get up to that point and I think can be a much better player this year with that physicality added to his body. Um, when it comes to the rest of the team, and the offense of a defensive line, we kind of touched on those guys. Is there anyone lurking out there in the transfer portal that you we haven't heard about yet? Some of the questions in the chat today have been not just about the offensive line, but surprise, no running backs have announced their transfers. What what do you expect for the timeline when it comes to that, Dave? How how do we put that onto our calendar to put down, okay, this is when transfers start happening? Yeah, honestly. Just based on because last season was the first season where we really had this in in full scale, and last season's timeline was so messed up. It's gonna be it's it's. I, I think we're we're setting the precedent this year for what it's gonna be moving forward, and that is a complicated way to say I don't know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> cer- certainly, uh, I would I would expect there to be movement in January. I don't think it would be super shocking. Um, if, if it spilled over into February, but at the same time, I mean, the spring semester started at Penn state, you know, today. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think, I think a few of the transfers were here for the spring semester. Um, if I, if I remember correctly, maybe Nate can correct me on that. Um, yeah, they were last go around. Yeah. So 
Um, I'm, I'm not sure what the timeline is going to look here. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be different than last year because the schedule is all different. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I, there's a lot of guys on the roster right now and Nate right now they're over the scholarship limit, I think. Mm-hmm. So they can't yeah. even bring in a transfer until somebody leaves. Is this another situation of we kind of knew behind the scenes, some of the stuff that was going on that we'll get to in a little bit, but you just can't announce it or Penn State hasn't said anything yet. Or is this truly they're in a bind where the guys that they expected to leave haven't left yet or aren't leaving. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think one of the things that, and just to, to clarify here, um, I don't think that they need to be to 85 until August. Okay. I, I think that you can carry more in the spring as that is being, it's not a hard, Hey, you can't be over this at any point along the way. I, th- I think that that's fine. Um, but no, I were there's put it this way. Am I a little bit surprised that there haven't been more announced departures? Yes. Am I a little bit surprised that there haven't been more announced uh, coming in? Yes, I, I am. I, I, I definitely thought that there would be more movement for this program and I am surprised, given the nature of the academic calendar, that that hasn't that that has you know that that's not in place right now. Yeah. Certainly, things change a little bit in May, right? There's a May semester, and so sometimes you see a guy or two fall into that category. And I'm you know I, I couldn't sit here and confidently say that there's no chance that somebody couldn't start the spring semester a, a little bit late, right? Like a, yeah. I mean a weekend, but yeah. Surprised? I, I, I don't know. I mean that that wouldn't that wouldn't fit that wouldn't fit my notion of what this program is and how it kind of operates to, yeah. to think, oh well they'll just be fine with somebody uh deciding to transfer in in February and join the program immediately. That that doesn't really register. So then is it surprised or concerned? Is that surprise bordering then on concern if you're a Penn State football fan of Maybe they're not getting an offensive lineman in until that May semester. I mean, I'm never concerned. Uh, that's I, I, That's why I phrased it. If you were a Penn State football know, fan, would you then smart. be concerned yeah, about that fact that you just gave us? Yeah, maybe. I mean, just just given the fact of, of what they were talking about, uh, what James Frank – look, <laughs> you don't really have to read between the lines here, right? He said on signing day they need linebackers. Yep. They need a tackle. They probably need a defensive tackle. I think the Mustafer decision changed that a little bit to where maybe it's not that much of a necessity. They filled the wide receiver, right? But yep. but that's that is not insignificant. You need a tackle, and you need at least I think a linebacker or two. Well, right to, now to you're you starting there. linebacker. As far as I can read it, you're starting Sam linebacker is safety Jonathan Sutherland. That is not great. And I I don't want to take anything away from Jonathan Sutherland. I really don't. But so far, what they would have gone from is 6'5", 242 pound, uh, Brandon Smith two years ago. 6'2", 230-pound, Curtis Jacobs, to 5'11", 215, 220-pound, uh... Jonathan Sutherland like that's a huge change in the body type and the player at that position now it doesn't have to be bad but it also doesn't align with what they've done recently so yeah they need a linebacker and I think they specifically need that to be filled there um is this is this all fluid still and Dave back to you you're not really understanding how everything is is not set yet. Is this all fluid? Is this all subject to change when it comes to departures and arrivals? And I know we kind of just covered that, but how much latitude is there uh, in this change in the off season? Yeah, I think it's totally fluid. You know, they could certainly, you know, there, there might be a departure that they're not expecting, and then all of a sudden they need to make an addition that they're not expecting. So definitely, I think it's I think it's very fluid. Um, yeah, I mean these are these are college kids. Right. You know, I mean, it's these these guys asking them to know exactly what they're doing five months ahead of time. You know, I don't always know that that's a super reasonable thing. So 
I don't yeah, know that it's, either. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And that was me three years ago. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fluid. Certainly, um, I'll be interested to see how it happens. I think it's I think it's interesting that James Franklin named what he wants um, on signing day because I don't I don't necessarily know that he does that usually. Um, and, and, and so now it's it's created. And, and expectations. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Nate, is, is that kind of a advertisement from James? Is that like, hey, throwing up a, a Craigslist ad for any offensive tackles that are interested in coming to Penn State? He, he has done that before. Um, I, I remember, I'm going to call it an Ohio State game, something pre-COVID, right, where the recruiting lounge was filled upstairs and he literally in the post game said something to the effect of, you know, and if there's any defensive ends, we could use a defensive end, right? Like, I mean, he was just yeah. a cry for help. I do please. remember that. I remember that because you can see what you don't see if you ever watch the post game press conferences is if you look up the recruiting lounge has a railing around the press conference, like little, it's like a little square cut out of the floor and they can look down on the press room, and he just looked up at all, and I looked up, and all of these, like, 17-year-old kids were hanging over the railing looking at James Franklin. It's, <laughs> it's one of it's two like times a, he's ever addressed like a, that group. It's like a gallery to watch a surgery, right? Like, yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> no, so, but he, he, he made it plain. He also said, though, that there was the potential to bring somebody in, potentially in a more traditional manner of... The, the recruiting class, right? So mm -hmm. stragglers who are out there, guys who are uncommitted, guys who, you know, maybe had a change of heart late in the process who opened things back up. Certainly, I think there are, are some possibilities there. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, Ryan Snyder of our staff has identified a couple of guys, right, on the offensive line who Penn State is interested in. I think we've, we've talked about a couple of um, defensive linemen who could be a potential fit. So – yeah, I mean, you know, look, it, it it will it's never hard and firm, right? Like it's never it's it, it these things are always changing. They will continue to change. Um and I'm sure that Penn State is is actively looking for the best fit and the best options that they have as these things go along. Nate, so, where where can they where can they go to read about those uh those transfer targets? Oof, you got me. YouTube is that right oh my gosh we have a, are you saying that we have you a patreon are you wasting dave's perfect uh transition there hey frank I, I want you to have it you're so good at it i, I well, want to get in the way well uh, well i appreciate that well dave uh phenomenal job that was that was a perfect transition <laughs> to uh that awkward transition to the fact that you go to bluewhiteillustrated.com you sign up for just one dollar and you get 12 months of access as always the link to sign up is the first link in the video in the description so there's you just scroll down you click that you go there and bang one of your american dollars or I don't know what the conversion is in euros or pounds or in francs or uh, dinars. Lira. I think it is. Lira. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm terrible with. Turkish, Turkish lira. Is that what? Right. That's Well, that one sounds fancy. So we'll end with that one. Uh, whatever the conversion rate is, you only have to give up one of them for 12 months of access. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. You get all the premium content. I will have, uh, as I think somebody is asking here. Um, performance from Aller in the, uh, in the all-star game wasn't spectacular. Um, so I will give you all of that coming up in a premium content item later today as part of the BWI daily edition. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you go subscribe and you give your dollar so that you can get access to that. Anyway, this has been a off season of change for Penn State, not just with players leaving and some key players like Jahan Dotson moving on. Uh, it has also been one very much on the uh, administrative side for Penn State football. 
This has been a big change for James Franklin, who likes consistency. And as you'll see here, these are the main guys that have left the Penn State football program over the last month, from Brent Pry starting things off all the way down to Dwight Galt, who retired this weekend. And of course, for the first time, I didn't realize this, first time ever James Franklin had had a player opt out of a bowl game, or at least that's what he said, of having six players opt out of the bowl game. Um, so, Nate, I want to ask you, because uh, you're our... You're our administrative, big-picture guy. First off, how's James Franklin handling all of the transition, and how do you think he handled all of the transition this offseason? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the one thing that he has made clear right over the last month is things that appear sudden to us. Right in the media yeah. and fans, what have you, aren't necessarily that way uh, behind the scenes. And so, Brent Pry's departure had a lead-in, right? Like uh, Joe Lorig's departure had a lead-in. There, there's a reason that Stacy Collins was announced as the hire the next day, right? That doesn't, especially at Penn State, that doesn't happen unless James and Penn State were very obviously well aware of what Lorig's intention was really probably a week prior, if not more. So no, I mean, I, I, look, this is, this is college football. It, it is. It, there is constant staff movement. There is constant um, churn, you know, I, I mean, I, I used the word the other day and somebody said it was too much, but no, that's what, I mean, it, that's what it is. It's a cycle. And it already was that to a certain extent, given the the natural right four years academic cycling through of players. But now I think it is that much, much more, right? Penn State was an anomaly as it was to have such longevity on its staff, such consistency um, under Joe Paterno, obviously, and, and, and his staff. But now in the broader sense, you see this everywhere. Right. I mean, just new head coaches are coming in constantly and with new head coaches means in a lot of different ways, they have to populate their staffs with people from other staffs. Right. Like they don't have their own guys uh, necessarily. And so right. that's I think what you're seeing uh, in terms of, of people that have been picked off of, of James Franklin's staff and then obviously Dwight Gold, I mean, you know, just time. He, he decided to retire, but there's not much you can do about that. Has has there been any movement or update on his replacement? Because as you said, something that we probably they probably had lots of uh, prep time for. Uh, what is either if there is an update, what is it, and what is your prediction if there hasn't been an update yet? Uh, there has not been an update. I think that they are running through the cycle. Look, Chuck Losey is, is the guy everybody expects. I, I, I don't think that there's any real question that he's going to be the guy that gets named. Um, been on Dwight Galt's staff and with James Franklin for the last 11 years, mm -hmm. right? So as the associate director of strength and human performance advancement, what, what have you, whatever the words are. Yeah. No, he, he, he was he was Galt's right-hand man for all those years, so I, I think it's kind of natural that he would ascend into that role um, moving forward. But, as I said, Penn State means there are bureaucratic, logistical hurdles, things, time spans that have to, to take place. You have to open up interviewing and all that kind of stuff to before you actually announce a hire, and so that's what I expect is taking place right now. Dave, we talked about off-season conditioning. We talked about strength and performance and all of those things at Penn State. And it was a given that players were going to get bigger and stronger in the off-season, which is not necessarily the case everywhere. But 
at Penn State, what has Dwight Galt's impact been with James Franklin and this staff during their eight going on nine years now? Yeah, it's been considerable. Um, I think he's been a, a massive, not only asset to what you see on the field, I think he's been a massive recruiting asset as well, because you look at what they do at pro days, what they do at the NFL combine on a consistent basis. And I mean, that's an easy sell, isn't it? I mean, you watch what Micah Parsons and Odafe Owe did at, at pro day last year. Everybody was talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly, you know, Dwight, Col- Dwight Galt played a part in that. Um, so I think it's a, he's a really big piece, um, both for what he literally did and and for what the effect of those of that success was on Penn State's ability to to sell its strength and conditioning uh, regimen to to prospects, so I'm interested to see if that continues to be an asset for Penn State um, because it, it's uh, it's important. Oh, and by the way, Night Raven tells everyone if you aren't subscribed, the subscription certainly worth it. So make sure you do that as a follow up to our previous conversation. Also, one thing to add here, T. Frank, that dollar yeah. is not going to last forever. It's yeah. just not. We don't know. I don't know when it's going to run out, but it will run out. So do it for a dollar today. <laughs> I How think was that? Was that? That was, that was that perfect. That you nailed that one. You nailed I think that's that the one. longest a lob has ever been in the air before somebody <laughs> dunked it. Uh, <laughs> It's like playing dodgeball with six-year-olds. The ball is just flying through the air. Nate, um, I got a question on Twitter the other day about Dwight Galt, and I want to ask you this question. I'm going to respond second, but I want to ask you this question. Uh, Does he get too much credit for Penn State finding freak athletes like Saquon Barkley and Mike Gesicki and uh, Micah Parsons or... uh, is his contribution into their career legitimate? Because somebody told me the other day that he was overrated because the offensive line isn't strong. And I want I just I want to get a perspective outside of my own before I answer that question here on the show. I think that Dwight Galt would be the first to say that I mean I, I just sound so stupid when I say it, but players play. I'm sorry. That is what it is. Like, if if you're not determined, if you don't have your own work ethic, if you aren't, if you don't approach that element of your development as this essential, urgent ingredient to getting to the next level and being the best that you can be, you're not going to have success. It doesn't matter who your strength coach is. It, it's such an individual thing. I think that it it becomes a culture thing. I think that that you can surround yourself with other people who operate in the same wavelength and, and mindset. But, uh, you know, look, like, yeah, Journey Brown was really, really fast, and then he became a football player. I don't think Dwight Galt had anything to do with that. Right? Uh, he he so, added the muscle Barkley. mass onto his frame so that, uh, or at least he helped him add the muscle mass onto his right. frame to take that sprinter and make him a football player. What, what I will say is that, you know, I, I think that his most notable impact, and Dave already touched on it, but I, I do think that this is true, is the emphasis that they put on testing well, right? Yep. Like, I mean, it is, it is like they're not messing around on the 40, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they are teaching, hey, here is how you do it to the absolute best of your ability and and maximize that time because you're already working on all of those other things, right? You're already working on um, your, your lateral movement. You're already working on speed and strength and, and all of that stuff that takes place during winter workouts. Yes. But there aren't programs, as I understand it, that treat the pro shuttle the same way that Penn State does, mm-hmm. right? Like Penn State, it is something that they work on. I've and seen they test yeah, it. And, that's something even at practice when we've been there and some of their drills they do that I one of my first memories of Trace McSorley was watching him do the pro shuttle against uh, uh, a running back and he beat the running back. And so, but but like 
that matters. And so yeah. when you when 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 those guys get to the combine, I mean, I just think that it's a yearly occurrence where you, you have Penn State athletes who, yes, they're good football players, but their athleticism shines under that spotlight. And Dwight Galt has has a big part of that. But what so, I would add, I, I'm just one thing is it's not necessarily a bad thing to inject new blood. Sure. Right? Like younger and and obviously for a guy who has been in the game for as long as Dwight Gold has and cited reasons like wanting to spend more time with family, right? Like you that's great. <laughs> like you want to you want to encourage that in your program of Hey, if if that's where your heart is, if that's where your head is, and you can't be uh, a crazy a hundred thousand percent invested, right in in what you're doing in terms of the strength staff, that's a good thing. Yeah, move on and and thank thank for the contribution. And as James Franklin said, I mean, I think the perfect word is bittersweet. Right? It's just yeah. it's a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, for for somebody who's been doing it for thirty eight years, that's about the time when you say okay you've you've given all you've given your due you've given your all to the situation so there's two things i want to bring up when it comes to penn state football and dwight galt with this particular conversation the first is something that i wouldn't have not i would have not noticed on my own my wife is a personal trainer she just got her strength coach license this past fall and she was telling me one of the biggest things about a proper strength training program is a lack of injury and yes, Penn State has had injuries when it comes to broken bones or, or ligaments or things that happen because of contact on the football field. But what they don't have is a ridiculous amount of soft tissue injuries. So that means your muscles, your pulled hamstrings, your quads, your, your any of those things. Penn State's athletes are always ready to play unless they've broken something in the course of play. And that comes from proper strength training and proper development. The second thing is... Freaks don't happen by accident. You want to talk about the freaks that Penn State has put out there from Saquon Barkley to uh, Micah Parsons and Adafi Elway. Without a, an environment to maximize their benefit of their athleticism, they don't do those things. They would do them later when they got into a proper strength training program in the NFL or wherever it else is that they would go. You don't see guys that leave Penn State and then suddenly turn into the best football version of themselves. That typically happens within the confines of Penn State, where you do have these guys that are testing crazy numbers and have crazy abilities on the football field. It's not like this is just testing numbers. So is there a lack of football players along the offensive line that have that have reached that potential? Yes, but there's also been a lack of football players that had that potential on the offensive line. So if we want to wrap everything all into the offensive line isn't good, so everyone has to be at blame for that. That's not correct. That's just not correct. Um, so we're going to move on from this topic because, as always, a 45-minute show has already hit 45 minutes. And there's a couple things I want to talk about before we go. Um, there have been a couple close calls for Penn State and James Franklin on his staff. J1 Sider just turned down a job at Florida State, I believe. He's been offered by two Florida schools so far this offseason. And Anthony Poindexter decided to return after being offered or being in negotiations to be the University of Virginia head coach. Are there anybody, any other moves that we need to be aware of? Anything else on the horizon, Nate, that you would foresee coming at some point? Anything else? Any other retirements? Uh, no. I I'm, I'm, doing, I'm just, this is to prep for next week at this point. I just want stuff to Dude, put on I'm, the rundown. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my kids back into daycare. I, I can't <laughs> worry about more retire. No, I... I Certainly, it would seem that the bulk of the movement in the coaching circles has already taken place. There's probably a little bit more to go. I mean, I think that, and I'm spitballing here, but I think the AFCA, right, the American Football Coaches Association mm -hmm. meetings are probably right now or soon to, they usually happen in line with the national championship game. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm guessing there are some conversations being had but I would think that the bulk of the movement is probably uh, has probably already taken place. 
what are you thinking about this week as far as we're now into the 2022 season? Dave, what's on your mind with Penn State football this week if we haven't covered anything? what's Or what can people read from you coming up at bluewhiteillustrated.com, which you sign up for just $1? Uh, yeah, what's on my mind is why the heck haven't they sent these tweets out, T. Frank? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I want to read the same tweet nine times or ten times or whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, seriously, I it, we're in a little bit of a holding what? pattern here. What? But um, you know, did you miss did you miss the uh, the early enrollee tweet? I think I think he was still setting up in his bedroom when we were talking about the fact okay. that we haven't had any news and we haven't had the tweet saying they was moving on yet. Or, you know, X, Y, or Z is moving uh, on. No, I was I was going for the early enrollees sitting oh. in class in the front row. Being oh, like in the front class, uh, that one. You know? Gotcha. Because we did talk about that too. Uh, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll move on from that horribly poorly <laughs> executed joke. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, you're looking at the transfer stuff. Um, that's probably, I would say, the headline right now, just kind of monitoring that development. Um, but yeah, you know, we are kind of entering quiet time uh, football wise. So I would say that's the main thing that I've I've got circled on the list. Stephen Light asks any news in response to the massive OSU NIL deal. I have not delved into this just quite, Nate. Have you had a chance to check out this report that I saw? There is some sort of uh, crowdfunded NIL deal, I believe, from Ohio State. Have you seen anything about this yet? Yeah, you know, peripherally, yes. And I, I just, it's... There are... Things that make a splash won't seem splashy in a year from now. Mm-hmm. That's to that to me. That is what what is happening. Is July one marked this new world, and people were kind of prepared for it, but didn't really have all their ducks in a row. Now they've had the opportunity to do that, and they're getting things off the ground, right? Like actual formal arrangements that will in every way boost programs. I, I think that you just saw the the you know the the impact and effect that they felt uh Texas A and M I don't know if that's reported or not, but like Texas A and M paid thirty million dollars for their most recent signing class. Like uh this is this is what it is. This is where it's going. And yep. so either either play the game or don't, but then don't be surprised when you're not competitive in the game that everybody else is playing. And, and that also brings up uh, Penn State is still behind the eight ball when it comes to these facilities we talked about all season long. And now that the season is over, I'm curious. Are we? I know that it doesn't have to be one or the other, but is there any update where Penn State seems to be dragging their feet on things once again? Is there anything on the horizon from that aspect of... Penn State being more competitive when it comes to the things they're offering these athletes outside of the name, image, and likeness. Nate, have you heard anything about that? No, I, I mean, I, I really do think it's just, I, I think that what you saw in December making, holding the signing day ceremony in the weight room, which has one wall in the process of being removed so that they can <laughs> expand it, that was very intentional. Yeah. Right? Like, it, 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 they could have put it upstairs. They didn't have that many people in there. No, this is this is the point. The point is you want to draw eyes of your fans, of recruits and their families, the next set of recruits and their families, to the fact that you are doing something. Doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it does, obviously. There are practical needs that the program has, but... It, it is it is an opportunity to demonstrate a commitment to continued development as a program and for the players under your charge. Three minutes left here on the show, the BWI live show here on Monday. Thanks to everybody who contributed in the chat. Thank you for following along and watching. Hopefully you enjoyed this. We're going to be doing it all off season long. I was unsure when we ended the show last week, what our plans were, but we had such an overwhelming response that people wanted to come back and they wanted to hang out on Mondays. We're going to be doing it for the rest of the off season, or at least for the foreseeable future. I don't know about this summer when uh, I want to go on vacation, (laughs) but 
Uh, it'll be coming up for the foreseeable future in the in the winter and in the spring. So, but one thing I do want to ask: we talk mostly about football, but you guys are our basketball guys. Penn State had a close game with Purdue, the number three team in the nation. So, Dave, what was uh, what can Penn State fans expect from the basketball team as they've entered now into? Big Ten play where they've won two games in a row and one close game with the top team. Is that going to be the team they're going to be, or is there more up and down to come? Yeah, I mean, I guess my read at the moment is that they're going to be competitive. Um, that does not mean postseason. That does not mean beating good teams. It means not getting blown the heck out of the gym every time they play, which was kind of what I was expecting. Um you know, before the year started. So uh, certainly I've been pleasantly surprised. I think, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this a little bit on the daily, I think, T. Frank, but they got Greg Lee back, um, who was a transfer forward from Michigan, uh, Western Michigan. Not And, and you know, he's been really big for them because he, he allows them to have more size on the floor. Um, they, they've, they've had two big guys out there pretty much all the time ever since he's been back and available fully so i think that's been big for them because their problem all year has been getting fewer shots than their opponents they're in a a relatively efficient team um you know the uh, offensively and defensively they're 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 not inefficient you know they can score the ball at a decent rate it's it's they're turning it over too much they're surrendering surrendering too many offensive rebounds and that's just creating this possession imbalance that that at the beginning of the season was very difficult for them to overcome. Now that they've got that size, they can crash the boards a little bit. It's not really the case. I think they were even on, uh, even on rebounds with Purdue on, on Saturday and Purdue has a seven foot four guy and uh, a a former all big 10 player off the bench to replace him. So uh, that's a good outcome. (laughs) Uh, Nate, how has the first season gone with Micah Shrewsbury? What's your read on the big picture with how this team is doing? Yeah, good. I think I think that the uh, uh, you know I love the abstract. There's some buy-in that I think you're starting to see. Um, some that still remains outstanding that needs to happen for them to to kind of meet their potential. But yeah, I, I thought that that if Jalen Pickett can be that guy and do it a lot, and he has been doing it a lot in the last six games. I mean, it, it's it's kind of crazy. He, he was – I pulled the number um, the other day. He was shooting like 31%, I think, in the first uh, 10 games and has been 46% from the floor, 47% from the floor since, and has had some really, really big numbers. Like, that. that's just um, – that can that can get you over the top, but what they didn't have on Saturday, and and this is maybe beating a dead horse in some ways, but like you know, Miles Dredd, who made a shot at Northwestern, had a, had an opportunity and, and missed uh, uh, against uh, Purdue, right? Like that's that's a big miss. <laughs> Seth Lundy, who made shots against Northwestern, couldn't make shots at the end. He was absent really from the first thirty minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Purdue, like you just you can't have Sam Sessoms was really a no show on Saturday. You can't you can't have guys who are who you rely upon, right? I mean, they they just the bench is not that deep at Penn State. You can't have three no shows. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying they were all they, as a fat guy. It's easy to say that. Like it's, it's it sounds stupid. Like. <laughs> But they didn't play to their potential. Right. They didn't right. do enough. Consistency the is the key. You, your, your guys that are playing have to be consistent because there's nobody else to pick up the slack because those the guys that are playing are the guys that are playing. Uh, and one guy I want to bring up here to end the show, Dave, how much is John Hera respected not just by Penn State but by the Big Ten or the basketball community? Um, I think considerably. You know, in basketball – I think more so than football, it's it's really easy, easy to ide- identify the guys who just try really hard all yeah. the time, and everyone just kind of comes together to love those guys. And yep. and, and John is is certainly one of them. Um, and you know, I mean, he's got an interesting story, right? He was he was going to play tight end at Army, <laughs> you know, and, and 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 here he is. He's a he's an excellent excellent big guy for Penn State. I think 
Um, before Purdue, he was one of two guys in the Big Ten who are averaging a double-double. So uh, clearly he's a difference maker. And, and you, you know, you, you hear from around the conference. I mean, we hear from the opposing coach after after every game. And, and he's always one of the guys that they mention because, again, he, he's just he, – I think he attracts people to him because of, one, how he plays the game. And and, <laughs> and oh, don't uh, worry. Two. There's more. I'm gonna throw this up at the bottom. Dave's all over the place with his uh, enthusiasm Whoa. today to end wow. the show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you know, as far as his his respect, I, I I don't I don't know that it could be much higher, really. We're going to end on that just because I think Dave took us out on what is uh, <laughs> uh, the emotional roller coaster it is to love sports. Where Dave, I, I feel like, uh, you know, from our listeners and from the people that, that follow this show, showed some of the most emotional passion about Penn State football this past season and some of the negativity and the frustration of the team. And here he is, 2022 Big Ten Champions Penn State football, 21 Big Ten Champions Penn State men's basketball. He is all about it, guys. He is riding high now that it is the new year, new Dave. I think that's a great way to go out. So thank you both of you for coming on the show today. And thank you to everybody uh, outside of Dave as well, you know, Dave, but and then everybody else that contributed to the show uh, from the comments and from the listeners. This is the BWI live show. We'll be back next Monday at noon. Put it on your calendars. We will have information before the show to remind you, but always Monday at noon here on YouTube. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.